button. Conversation set free. Red button. Please, thank you. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. Hello and welcome to Box 39 Red Button, our later evening conversation show coming live from the mighty Studio One at the tremendously gorgeous Colm Radio Towers on 106.6 FM. I'm Bill Lawrence, and tonight our very special guest is Kevin Heath. Kevin is a lawyer, founder and CEO at the Will Corporation, an all-round expert on the law, and he's a lifelong reggae fan, and he is a self-confessed geek. So welcome, Kevin. Yeah, hi. We're going to be playing your bits of music. Our first one we heard was Ian Jury and the Blockheads with What a Waste. So can you tell me a little bit about why you chose that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very simple. It was, it was the very first record I bought on 7-inch from a shop in Hartford called Trax. And I, I stared at it all the way home, walking all the way, and I couldn't wait to get it on my little turntable in the bedroom. And I played it until the grooves were nearly worn out. Well, it's a wonderful piece of music. Now, before we get into some more detailed chats about what you do, what was the path that took you to where you are now? I've always had, had a, a, an interest in, in law. My main interest was generally in consumer law, um, just because I don't like people getting ripped off. But um, about nearly 20 years ago, my father died um, without a will, and it caused no end of problems. Um, solicitors wanted to charge an absolute fortune about the loose ends. Uh, so I bought a couple of law books, um, rules about probate and, and that, you know, those sort of things. 
and I, I became hooked. When I started reaching into it further, I, I, I just found so many interesting things that could be done with the wheel that I had no idea about. And it, it came from there, really. Um, I worked I worked for a couple of the large nationwide companies as an instruction taker. Got most of my training there, but then decided to, to, to go freelance, as it were. And I attended the online college of wheel writing, qualified from that, and I'm now um, a member of the Society of Wheel Writers and the Law Society. Um, that, that's really the path to how I got here, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I really... There are some things, some parts of the job that you can see people's faces change when you do it, and I, and I like that. And you are uh, here in northeast Essex, and you mentioned to me earlier that uh, you've you've been to London and you've lived in Suffolk for a while. I, 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 I grew up in Hertfordshire. Um, when I was 17, I wanted to go and explore the world, so the first, place, first stop was London. I ended up working and living in, in North London for probably five or six years. Um, then back to Hertfordshire, back to the bosom of my family. And um, when I got married, quite a long time ago now, um, we decided the best place to bring up a young family would be Suffolk because the pace of life is so much nicer. We wanted to be by the sea, but frankly, the house prices were so cheap compared to Hertford. That was the main reason we could get a nice big house. Now you say you 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 know your specialism is wills. Yes. And for most people, I think that probably they they don't know much more than that is what sorts out your affairs uh, once you've passed on. In fact, a, a, a very simple will where you're just leaving something to your partner and children. There's there's not a great deal to to that. That's sort of the bread and butter, and we call it a classic will. But then. We use that to build more bespoke clauses to suit each individual client. Wills as we know them, um, there, there are some fairly modern laws, but um, initially, wills were, were um, 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 some sort of uh, in Greek history. Uh, we're looking about sort of 600 BC. There was uh, a guy called Solon. I call him a guy, but he was, uh, he was a statesman and a lawmaker and a poet. And he, he, just, he developed written wills specifically for men that die without an heir because just, just to stipulate what happens. And that, that's all it was really, very basic, but it's, it's been honed and refined. Although we still work to very ancient laws, um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the laws we use is called Banks versus Goodfellow, 1870. And this is a law that we have to apply in order to ascertain whether somebody ha has the capacity to write a will. So under that law, the test for mental capacity, and this is still the test now, uh, it was recently confirmed by the High Court in a case, um, a person leaving a will has to be able to understand the nature of making a will and what effect it's going to have. They have to understand the extent of the property to which they're disposing. They have to be able to comprehend and appreciate the claims which might, might be made against the will, but the main one is that they must have no disorder of the mind that perverts their sense of right or perverts the exercise of their natural faculties in disposing of their property. There you go. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's quite an ancient law. And um, wills, as we know now, uh, are subject to the Wills Act 1837. So it's still fairly old, although that is under review, and I think um, the digital age is going to is going to be addressed with that. Um, there are a couple of other, a couple of other very important laws as well that we need to need to discuss. But I don't want to send your your uh, listeners to sleep just yet. <laughs> but it's like most things to do in life. Uh, it, you know, it's been there a long time. It's well ingrained into our, our way of life and our legal system. And and uh, with all changes in society, particularly with the more recent changes of the technological age we're in, that is, uh, again, influencing uh, wills and that aspect of our lives as well. It, it is. And actually, the COVID pandemic has um, forced a hand on that. I'd just like to play another piece of your music. This is by uh, The Birthday Party, and it's called Dead Joke. I remember when I, I, I don't know what year it was, it was early 80s, I think. But I wandered into the living room on a Friday night and my father was watching the old grey whistle test. 
And Nick Cave was on stage with the birthday party singing this song. And I'd never heard anything like it before in my life. to Red Button, the later evening conversation show. With special guest this week, Kevin Heath. And welcome back. And that was the birthday party with Dead Joe. And this is Red Button from Box 39, our later evening conversation show. And I'm Bill Lawrence. And I'm here with our special guest, Kevin Heath. A lifelong reggae fan, a self-confessed geek, and the CEO of the Will Corporation Limited, which has a number of other businesses attached to it, including Acorn Wills and the soon-to-be-launched DIYprobate.co.uk website. Uh, we're in a time of uh, an unusual global pandemic. How has that really affected business and the world of Wills? It's affected, it's affected uh, well, my business specifically um, has been much, much quieter because um, I prefer to visit my clients in their home um, where they're most comfortable. And obviously, everyone over 70 was told to self-isolate. So, therefore, they, were, they wouldn't receive visitors. So, I, I uh, had a very slow year. We've had a lot of rules and regulations from the government over the last year. Have they? Has this affected sort of legal requirement requirements for how you can write a will? Um, not writing so much, but um, witnessing. Um, witnessing is is enshrined in in, in law, and it, there's very precise rules you have to follow to do so. And in fact, it's one of the most common reasons for wills being thrown out is that they don't believe they've been witnessed correctly. But what the Law Society have done this year, uh, they've now allowed remote witnessing. You can do it over Zoom. Um, you can pass it over a fence to a neighbour. I think this is going to cause problems in the future, though, because I think that could blow up with, with loads of, of wills being contested. So what, what I do now with my clients is I join the Zoom meeting when they're witnessing, and then I provide a certificate certifying that it has all been done in accordance with the law. It's not really a knee-jerk reaction. It was the right reaction. It's a, you, that, that, you, know, you have to be, allow people to still be able to make wills. Yeah. And so can you still witness through a window? Yes, you can. You can at the moment, yeah. Um, the law actually states that the testator, i.e. the person who's writing the will, and the two witnesses must all be in the room at the same time, and they must watch each other 
doing the signature. So that, and that is as strict as anything. So that's, this, is, this is the bit that's, that's blown apart and is now able to be done remotely. All right. And has it, with the large number of people who have passed away, but also those people who have not been able to get to work, does, has that caused sort of a time delays and a, and a big build-up of admin? And has it been... Um, yeah, the, 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 the probate registry was, was slow for a while. Um, but the main, the main one is the Office of the Public Guardian. Um, they are the ones who deal with lasting powers of attorney. Um, they got quite a backlog for a while, but they're, they're, they're all back, pretty much back up to speed now. Yeah, and uh, um, so just in case people are not sure what you mean by probate, what actually is probate? Um, yeah, pro probate is is a, uh, effectively a court order giving a named person the right to administer an estate. But probate's not always needed, though. Yeah. And so yeah, most people it, will have an executor, won't they? Yes, they will. If they've left a will, they, there will be an executor in the will, and it's the executor who applies for probate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, so we're moving, hopefully, fingers crossed, out of the pandemic and uh do you uh, sort of um think that things are going to return to normal or have we learnt from this uh difficult process that we need to be a bit more flexible we need to be a bit more modern we need to be a bit more adaptive yeah i think uh as the wills act is under review i think what, what's been learned from this pandemic will will, will um, be taken into account but what i've found personally is um Last year, not many people were using Zoom, but it, it appears that all of their grandchildren have set them up on Zoom now. So, ironically, although I prefer to visit people in their home, I'm now doing most of it by Zoom. And frankly, I like that. Why is that? Um, well, I can work in my underpants. <laughs> but, um, no, um, main reason is you, you're still able to get the same, the same rapport, um, but I like the fact that I can record it because... One thing you have to do after every um, uh, will writing appointment is you have to write contemporaneous notes there and then, um, because if the will is called into question, you need to present them. If I've got a recording of the interview, then you know, that, there's, there's nothing better. So it works very well. It's often said that the law moved very, very slowly and that the law was behind the times. And do you think this has been a bit of a shake-up for the, the legal world? Well, yeah, no, not really. I don't think because most of the most of the changes in the law were were just about the pandemic, and, and the need for those changes will disappear at the end of it. So, I don't think it's going to have any great effect. Well, let's listen to another piece of your music. Uh, we're moving over to Germany for this piece. Uh, this is by Kraftwerk. And it's called Computer World. Why have you chosen that for us, Kevin? Uh, this one as, as well. This has uh, got a very strong memory for me. Um, I was a fan of Kraftwerk. Um, and I read in, I'm not sure which paper it was, whether it was NME or, or um, Sounds or one of the other ones. I think it was NME. I read that they were coming to England. And there was a really big article about, um, about computers and about how you can now get cash out of a hole in the wall and, and, and you can send faxes and things like that. And uh, I, I was desperate to see them. And my mother knew somebody who knew somebody and they got me tickets for the Odin in Birmingham. So I went there with a friend and it, it was absolutely awesome. The, the kit they had on stage was just immense. Uh, yeah, again, it's one of those, it, it was, I've never heard anything as loud. Um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved it.
big bag of jazz onions every Sunday night from 11pm here on 106.6 FM Cone Radio listening to red button and welcome back to box 39 red button and we heard another piece of music after Kraftwerk. we heard ghost town by the specials and so kevin why have you chosen that piece of music 
it was just so evocative of the time. Um, there was mass unemployment, boarded up buildings everywhere, and the video for, for this just just summed up how everyone was feeling. Certainly, certainly it resonated with me anyway. And I still like the, like the track. Um, there's a strange chord in it that I can't remember what they call it, but um, it's used for miserable songs. I think it might even be called the miserable chord, something like that. People who know more about music than me will know. But anyway, yeah, I'm very, very evocative, and I still enjoy playing it every now and then. Well, thank you for that. Now, what we thought we'd talk about in this uh, this chat is is about wills in general and in particular. Now, we do we all make wills, first of all, and, and do they make a difference? 75% um, of people don't make a will, um, and not all of those will, will have any negative effects um, from not making one. But if you are married and you have children, it's, an, it's a necessity. If, if you don't have a will, the government decides who gets the money, and it's not necessarily your spouse. Some of it will, but not all of it. And is there a sort of, you know, most people make out a bog standard will. Is there sort of the, the bread and butter will? Yeah, that's what we call our, our, our classic will. And effectively, it leaves everything to, well, if you're married, it leaves everything to your spouse first, then on second death to your children. And that, that's, yeah, that's the basic will that we then bolt on uh, additional clauses to make it bespoke. But there must be some unusual wills that you've come across. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you about something that not, not many people know about, is that after you die, um, your beneficiaries can change the will if they, if they feel fit. Uh, this was famously done by the Miliband brothers when their father died, um, to, uh, and the reason was to avoid inheritance tax. Um, it's, it's called a deed of variation. And if all, if all the beneficiaries agree, then they can rewrite the will, as long as it's within two years of the death. So that's, uh, there you go, there's a rare fact for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, but have they been very sort of fa famous wills? I think uh, it's possible that all wills are public, aren't they, after probate? If they go through probate, yeah, um, they, are, they are public record and you can uh, request a copy of them for £2.50. So any any uh, unusual or or uh... um, yeah, there's 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 a few. There's um, back in 1928, there was um, a donor who left uh, half a million pounds to the UK government, but he didn't really word it very well. Uh, he said it was to cover or to pay off the country's national debt, um, which at the time was 350 million, so it didn't cover it. And now it's like one and a half trillion or, or whatever. And his half a million pound is just stuck because it was badly worded. Oh, dear. Okay. And famous people, have they, uh, uh, you know, is, it, is there a sort of standard classic type thing that very, very rich people will, will go through? or, or do um, you... Very, very rich people would normally um, use more than a will. They would normally use a trust as well. But... When it comes to famous people, um, Shakespeare, um, he famously wrote his wife out of the will and left everything to his children. So poor Anne Hathaway was left with nothing. That wouldn't happen today, though. There is a, there is a law that we call the 1975 Act that would have given his children the right to, um, or sorry, the wife the right to, to the money. And... Uh... I'd sometimes think that people liked a bit of a bit of a laugh beyond the grave, a bit of a smile from beyond the grave. Are there wills yeah. that are slightly unexpected? Um, there have has been. Um, there's, uh, there's various, quite 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 numerous amount of wills <clears throat> that uh, instruct their friends to uh, go on a beano, go on a go on a drinking trip. That's 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 quite common. Um, I, to be honest, I, I, I don't think I've ever done, done one with, with strange requests in it. But people request where they, they, where their ashes will go and what sort of music they want played at the funeral or those. Yeah, they, they, they can do that in the will if they so wish. Yeah. Um, um, generally, generally um, when it comes to requests about, um, funerals, it's people increasingly don't want a religious funeral these days 
Uh, they're just just looking for humanist and they don't want dark clothes. That's, that's fairly common. And a few drinks. Yes, of course. Before we listen to your next piece of music, Kevin, what can't be in a will? Um, any jointly owned asset cannot be in a will. It has to be owned outright. So if you own a house jointly with your spouse and you have joint bank accounts, they, they pass instantly to the survivor uh, without the need for a will. And a will simply can't deal with them, which is a bit of an anomaly, really, because most people think that their house is the most important part of the will, where it's actually very rarely dealt with by the will. Right. Okay, well, very good stuff to learn there and to know. So let's listen to that last piece of music. Now, this is a track called Double Barrel, and it's by Dave and Ansel Collins. Can you tell us a bit about that? And why have you chosen that? Um, okay, okay the, the, all, all of the tracks so far have, have, have triggered a certain part, era of my life. And this was, we used to have a Thursday night under 18s disco in Hartford at the, um, at the Civic Hall. And uh, it, reggae was a big, big thing at the time. And this track just reminds me of one where, every, where we would all stand in the middle and dance and people from different schools who wouldn't ordinarily talk to each other bond over over the music and this is just a it's just it, it reminds me of those days and the magnificent i'm back but the shaker was so boss most turning storming sound of soul i am w-o-o-o and i'm still is the magazine, music and chat show called Box 39. I'll have another go. <laughs> Land of Fuff, Paul Blimey O'Reilly. William Blue with Go 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 Go. This is worth my licence fee just for this. <laughs> the Mild Box 39. Distinctive and unique on Cole Radio, Thursdays at 8pm. Can we just move on to something else? That's Firstly, uh, before you give up the will to breathe, <laughs> and I have to call an ambulance, can we have some music, please, Mr Lawrence? OK. Awesome. 
You're listening to Red Button, the later evening conversation show. With special guest this week, Kevin Heath. So this is Box 39 Red Button. I'm Bill Lawrence, and you're listening on 106.6 FM, Colm Radio. And our special guest, Kevin Heath, founder and CEO at the Will Corporation Limited. So we heard another piece of your music there, Kevin. We heard Free Nelson Mandela by The Special, a.k.a. Why have you chosen that? This is another one that... that, that I found it very easy to make this list, by the way. These, these, these tracks sprung to mind very easily. Um, Free Nelson Mandela was a departure, really, from the almost punk-influenced work of the specials to the... when they became special, a.k.a. after Jerry Dammers left... Um, and it's just well, it's what it's what it's it's a good message and a good tune. Uh, yeah, that's that's the reasons. So let's talk a little bit more about the law. And it's, uh, a lot of people use that phrase: "The law is an ass," they're, they're suggesting perhaps the law is not fair, or perhaps it's slightly out of date. Now, would you consider the law is fair? You know, who's really making our laws? Are they making them fairly? Well, yeah, I mean, the government make laws, but judges interpret them. And if a law is seen to be unfair by the judges, they will make a ruling which is then quoted in the future. So I think it, it's fairly fairly well balanced, to be honest. I know recently uh, there was a sort of uh, not quite a strike, but a lot there was a bit protests by people involved in the law, who work in the law about various things that the government have done and suggesting that the government are not letting the law be independent enough. How, what do you think about that? Um, I I think it's it's fine the way it is. I don't think there's any need need for reform. Um, it's, these laws have worked for, for centuries and they'll con- continue to do so. And another thing people talk about is that uh, we're sort of at the Americanization of, of our cultural attitude towards the law, that we are becoming a, a claim culture, the evidence being uh, daytime television adverts urging you to, uh, where there's some blame, to make a claim. Absolutely. Is well, that- True, or is that a sort of? I mean, conversely, American law is based on our law. Um, Although it differs state to state, it is is virtually the same as our law. But the the litigation um, nature that's happening now, the ambulance chasers and the hearse chasers and all those sort of people, they're not breaking any laws, but are they operating with the greatest morals would be my my question. And I think the answer to, to myself would have to be no, they're not. And uh, I guess that's, yeah, that's more to do with the morality of our, of our society. And you, yeah. maybe it'd be unfair to blame the law in that area. They, yeah, it is actually. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's greed really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is a, it is a changing world, isn't it? We're in a digital world. Uh, globalization means that we can talk instantly to anyone anywhere in the whole world and, and we're all pulling a bit closer. Is that affecting the law? Are we becoming more globalized in our laws? Um, no. Um, no, our, law, our laws are very specific to England and Wales, um, different laws to Scotland and Northern Ireland. So, no, there's no, no globalization. If anything, um, the boundaries are, are tighter. Yeah. And, and so the, the, the last question I really want to ask you in this section is a lot of people also suggest that uh, we have a certain socioeconomic group that dominate um, the legal system in terms of employment and, and directing it. And very, very simplistically, they would say, you know, it's, it's middle class, middle aged white men. Yes, True? generally, generally. You have, um, you have, family trees of lawyers, so father, son, grandson, and so on and so forth, in the same way as you have family trees of doctors. Um, and the other one I was going to say is a slip my mind. But, uh, yes, it's predominantly white middle class. Um, I wouldn't say just males. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot, of, lot of ladies working in the industry. 
And is there a, is there a move at any at any point to create more diversity in that or? Um, there's diversity in the magistrates' court um, because we are so multicultural now. Um, the magistrates' courts were recently advertising for magistrates from Eastern Europe and ethnic backgrounds, and I think that's um, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Now, your penultimate piece of music is one that may be less familiar to listeners. And this is Big Tree by Stand High Patrol. Yeah, this makes me smile every time I hear it. My ex-wife hated it, and I used to keep springing it on her whenever I could, uh, quite often in the car, and she would moan her head off, so I play it now, and I smile to myself. Welcome back to Box 39 Red Button. And our later evening conversation show tonight has been with Kevin Heath, founder and CEO at the World Corporation and all-round general expert on the law, a self-confessed geek and lifelong reggae fan, who's just about to launch a new website called diyprobate.co.uk. A lifelong reggae fan, Kevin. What inspired that? Oh, I think, I think like the like the generation above, um, it's the music you listen to in your formative years is the music that sticks in your mind. Um, like my father was uh, 
was into rock and roll. You know, he was he was a teddy boy when he was young. Um, other people who's uh, who grew up with the Who and things like that are still Who fans. So yeah, I think that's the reason for it. It was my formative years, and uh, yeah, I still love it. Now uh, we're looking to end our chat by saying, well, what's going to happen in the future? And uh, artificial intelligence is the future, or so they say. Do you think artificial intelligence is going to have an impact on the uh, on the legal system, the world of the law? I think it has the ability to very easily. Um, I, uh, I always thought artificial intelligence was just a, a, a new name to try and sell a well-written algorithm, but um, no. Um, from the from from the Google I/O, um, their Google Assistant is, uh, was making appointments for clients and completely understanding the context of the answers, and it was quite scary. And also, recently, something I read about is there's a show called Catfish where um, people who have been cheated on or whatever are, you know, they go and find the people who are who are the protagonists, and they traced one back to an AI that was scamming thousands of people at the same time simultaneously. Um, so yeah, it's, it's got the it's got the chance to overtake everything. Um, how far it will go is who knows. I mean. Hundred years ago, we were all waving at Blerio as he flew over the channel, and a few years later, we're using that invention for warfare. We've weaponized it. I think the same thing will happen here. I think it'll be weaponized. And I suppose practical areas in which artificial intelligence could be things like predictive analysis, where uh, the outcome of areas of law, aspects of law, thinking about law, to dis- to settle legal disputes. Um, I think, it, I, again, I think it has the ability to. Um, it's already used, actually, in uh, vetting candidates for jobs. Um, that whole going through the CVs process is, is now done by AI. Um, yeah, so it, it, it has the ability to, but I think because of the strength of the law in the UK, I think it will be batted back every time it's suggested. So I could ask the question, the law schools today, uh, it's been suggested they're 20th century institutions, but they're training 21st century lawyers. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, as I've, as I've intimated a few times, most of the laws that we we work to are ancient. So, no, I would say that they are 21st century schools turning out 18th century lawyers. <laughs> So we're definitely not going forward in that respect. Um, well, not going forward in that respect, but our 18th century lawyers do have some new tools to hand, like Zoom, for example. Yes, yes. So are there better systems that we could be looking at around the world? Is there a, is there a really an advanced, wonderful legal system somewhere, or are we the best? Well, I think... Well, we probably are the best because two-thirds of the world world's legal systems are based on ours, although ours is also based on Roman and a bit of French, but generally based on ours. But there are many a lot worse. Um, some, of the, some of the African countries, for instance, they poison a chick to decide if you're guilty or not. <laughs> if the chick dies, you're guilty. If it doesn't, you're not guilty. Uh, I wouldn't want to live under those sort of, sort of laws. Well... It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, It's been an eye-opener, really, to look through uh, areas where, you know, we we don't have much knowledge. Most people don't have much knowledge, and it's very good that we have experts like you on hand. Thank you. You're very welcome. I've enjoyed it. And your music has been outstanding, I have to say, and we're ending with, I think, one of my favourites of all the tracks you've come up with and it's by lemon jelly and called rambling man so can you tell us a bit about that yeah um i've got a a sunday morning chill list that i had to quite regularly and um lemon jelly was a suggestion for not this track for another track but uh, i like this track particularly because we're in north east essex here because it mentions fingering ho and that plays to my schoolboy sense of humor kevin heath thank you so much for joining us you're welcome. Johnny Bean 
on the go ever since you were born, and I imagine few people in the world today have travelled as much as you have. Now why? Well, I don't know. I suppose some of us are cave dwellers. Some of us live in houses. Some of us like to be loose-footed. I'm a rambling man. is a Guppy production for Colm Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. <laughs>